Hey everyone, it's Father Pat, here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings for today are from the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the book of the prophet Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Set out for the great city of Nineveh, and announce to it the message that I will tell you. So Jonah made ready and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's bidding. Now, Nineveh was an enormously large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began his journey through the city and had gone but a single day's walk, announcing, 40 days more and Nineveh shall be destroyed. When the people of Nineveh believed God, they proclaimed a fast and all of them, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw by their actions how they turned from their evil way, he repented of the evil that he had threatened to do to them. He did not carry it out. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, teach me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your love are from of old. In your kindness, remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice and teaches the humble his way. Teach me your ways, O Lord. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. I tell you, brothers and sisters, the time is running out. From now on, let those having wives act as not having them, those weeping as not weeping, those rejoicing as not rejoicing, those buying as not owning, those using the world as not using it fully. For the world in its present form is passing away. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat, mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A couple of weeks ago, a friend and I confirmed our lunch plans for the next day. She texted, the schools are closed, but I'm still good to meet if you are. She has two school-aged children. Certain that Christmas break was over, I replied, why are schools closed tomorrow? The answer came back, forecasted heavy winds and rain. Okay, now I know those of you who grew up in the South hate when us carpetbaggers do this, but come on. The next day, it was 55 degrees and raining rather heavily most of the day, I admit. And yes, there were some strong, even severe winds later in the afternoon. But back in the days of the Giants, when I grew up, we put on our raincoats, boots, and snow gear if necessary, walked 84 miles uphill and got to school, work, or wherever we had to go. And now we close schools in advance based on a rain forecast? I, of course, had flashbacks to my days working in a supermarket. I actually loved working the day before a snowstorm. 
The zillion people in the store foraged for loaves of bread like they were gold bars. And customers bought cows full of milk. Apparently, they planned on never leaving their houses again. There was no need to worry about how, how long the lines were. No one was going to walk out. After all, the world was about to end, and they wanted to go out well-fed. The people of Nineveh apparently feel the same sense of urgency. Jonah is a unique prophetic book in Israel's tradition. Rather than preaching a passionate sermon like the other prophets, Jonah gets his message across through a colorful story. Israel's exile is over. The Jews who return to Israel remain vassals of more powerful nations, while others live as second-class citizens in foreign lands. Many look with disdain and a sense of superiority at their pagan enemies and expect that the Lord will one day destroy them. So Jonah tells this wild story of how he is forced against his will to preach to the people of Nineveh. God has compassion on Israel's foes and desires that they too be saved. But even more amazing is how quickly the pagans respond. Even though Nineveh is so large it takes three days to go through it, the citizens are dramatically convinced after just one day of Jonah's reluctant preaching. That's pretty humbling that pagans respond so readily when God's chosen ones still miss the mark after centuries of knowing the Lord. Then again, Jonah does tell the Ninevites they only have 40 days until Nineveh is destroyed. Maybe the Jews just need a deadline or an historical weather forecaster to push their buttons. For John the Baptist, his 40 days is up. The snowstorm has arrived. Luckily, he's got plenty of milk and bread because John lived with urgency, as Isaiah foretold. John is a voice crying out in the desert, insisting that the time is running out for them to get their act together. He's now in prison, but his mission is accomplished. He pointed his disciples to the Lamb of God, the one whom he promised would come after him. And Jesus's message is no less urgent than that of his cousin. Jesus says, this is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus, in fact, doesn't give the crowds 40 days to change their lives. He doesn't even give them 24 hours to stock up on groceries. This is the time. The kingdom of God is now. There's no more time to lose. Simon and his brother Andrew, along with Zebedee's sons, James and John, pick up on Jesus's vibe. In fact, in our lectionary verses 18 and 20, the word then is a translation of the Greek word euthus, which many translators render as immediately. Mark, in fact, uses this word frequently in his gospel, as if to emphasize the point. And yet 2,000 years later, we're still reading the same message, and we're still here. How do we reconcile the urgency of the gospel message with the centuries that continue to pass without apocalyptic consequences? Because time exists within eternity. And time is passing away, no matter what we may think or believe. We are not waiting for a Messiah. He's here. In fact, he's always been with us. He created all that is and sustains all creation and being, as the letter to the Hebrews makes clear. When the author says, in times past, God spoke in partial and various ways to our ancestors through the prophets. In these last days, he spoke to us through his son, whom he made heir of all things and through whom he created the universe, who is the refulgence of his glory, the very imprint of his being, and who sustains all things by his mighty word. And this world, in fact, all that exists, things visible and invisible, is his kingdom. Every person is born into time to work out his or her salvation in eternity. But to abide with the Lord for all eternity, we must choose to abide with him 
in time. Time doesn't delay eternity. It exists within it. Eternity is always present, but time expires, expires for us all. And we do not know the day nor the hour. John the Baptist didn't, and special rules don't apply to you and me. In the early decades of the church, Christians had a profound sense that time is passing away for all of us. In fact, many believed that the end of time was coming within their lifetimes. And while the world didn't end, time did pass away for them, as it does for all of us. In their time, they would make an eternal choice to build up the kingdom now or to live eternity separated from the Lord. There's no more urgent decision. In fact, it's the only truly important decision we ever make, which is why Paul says to the people of Corinth, I tell you, brothers and sisters, the time is running out. Your choice is important, and not only for you. I, for example, don't often look at the weather forecast. It's when I see others rushing to the supermarket that I know a storm is coming. The panic buyers are my weather forecasters. Their sense of urgency forces me to take note and make my own decision. If we, as professed disciples, proclaim through our lives that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Others may not follow, but they will at least have the opportunity to see. For you and I, and all who share this moment with us, today is the time of fulfillment, because tomorrow may never come. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a great day, and say a prayer for me. Mm -hmm.